Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Monday, February 19th. Our top story today, it's emerged a dad of six who died after being swept out to sea in Broadstairs was cooling down after a gym session. Matthew Collins headed to the beach after his workout last October. Lucy has the details for the Kent Online podcast. An inquest into the death of Matthew Collins heard he'd entered the water off Cliff Promenade with a friend after working out at Pure Gym at Westwood Cross. The pair found themselves in a strong riptide and 39-year-old Matthew was pulled into intensely cold water. By the time the Coast Guard arrived, he'd become unresponsive. He was flown by air ambulance to hospital but was sadly pronounced dead when he arrived. I understand family and friends have been leading tributes to Matthew. Yes, he's being remembered as a loving and kind man. His partner Lucy wrote a touching tribute that described him as the best dad. Matthew's youngest son Ronnie was only three weeks old at the time of the tragedy. He also leaves behind Lacey, Jasmine, Junior, Melody and Honey, as well as three grandchildren, Mabel, Dottie and Montana. Kent Online News. Detectives are still hunting a man and a woman who were thought to have left the scene of a serious crash on the A2 near Bluewater. One person was flown to a London hospital after three vehicles collided on Friday night. Follow Kent Online on socials to see pictures of Matthew Sparks and Kitty O'Brien who've been added to Kent Police's most wanted list. A Thanet man who threatened police in a series of abusive calls and texts has been sent to prison for two years. Pedophile Daryl Taylor blamed officers for his girlfriend dumping him, claiming they told her about his convictions. The 35-year-old from Westgate Bay Avenue admitted sending malicious communication. A woman's admitted assaulting an emergency worker after hurling abuse at customers at a pub restaurant in Margate. Bethany Smith bit and kicked a police officer after being arrested at Brewers Fair last December. The 27-year-old from Buenos Aires in the town is due to be sentenced in April. A carer who was caught on camera racially abusing his neighbour in Canterbury has been sent to prison. Craig Howlett also threatened him with an imitation gun before calling 999 himself to say he was the one being intimidated. The 56-year-old from Star Close has been locked up for two years and three months. A man has appeared in court after being found with cannabis and a knuckle duster in Dover. Carrie Barris was stopped by police in Pencester Gardens last October and told officer he'd been smoking cannabis since he was 12. The 48-year-old from St Radigan's Road has been given a suspended sentence and put on a 12-month community order. A court's been told a woman who stole alcohol from Aldi, Londison and Esso Garage in Dover and Deal has now given up drinking. Liam Maguire targeted stores last year and admitted four counts of shoplifting. The 28-year-old from St Martin's Road was put on an 18-month conditional discharge and ordered to pay compensation. Kent Online News. Firefighters have finally managed to put out a blaze at a metal recycling centre near Sheerness Docks. Crews were called on Saturday morning and spent more than 30 hours tackling the flames. They're still in the process of damping down the scene. A fossil hunter's been rescued by a helicopter after collapsing on a Kent beach. He got stranded in mud while searching for specimens at Warden Point on Sheppey. The Coast Guard was called on Saturday afternoon and he was looked after by paramedics. Now, budget is on the agenda at Kent County Council today. There'll be a meeting to decide how much will pay in council tax. Let's hear now from our political editor, Paul Francis. Well, there's no doubt this is going to be an extremely significant and important meeting for the county council and indeed council taxpayers, as it is the meeting where the Conservative-run authority will decide how much money should be spent and where. Now, this 
year there has been the familiar claim and counterclaim between two sides with local councils like Kent County Council saying they haven't got the money to deliver the services that are needed because of government funding shortfall, saying that the government has not increased grants in line with demand. Now, away from that political argument, the the bald facts are that council taxpayers face another 5% increase in their bills for the county council element of the bill. That's equivalent of around uh, £1,580 for average homes in band D. But, and it's a big but, councils are under unrelenting strain and pressure on their services and are doing so against the backdrop of what they say have been inadequate funding grants from central government. This argument has played out right up until the 11th hour and now one of the key reasons why certain councils are finding it difficult if not impossible to balance the books is that demand for social care particularly for vulnerable adults and the elderly is uh, increasing at a pace not met not matched by government in terms of the funding uh, and there is a real crisis out there for those councils with that responsibility and that means Kent County Council and Medway Council but and it's a big but there is a acrimonious dispute internally within the Conservative Party at County Hall about how best to tackle this funding deficit. Uh, And there have been a lot of disagreements within the party over the recent weeks about how to achieve that. And a question mark lies over some of these issues. Kent Online News. Data seen by Kent Online shows a lack of nursery places in parts of Kent. Ashford, Dover and Gravesham all have a shortfall, although there is an overall surplus across the county. It's feared demand will spike when more parents can access free childcare from April. Lucy's been chatting to Councillor Rory Love, who's the Cabinet Member for Education and Skills at Kent County Council. I mean, at the end of the day, this is this is market-led. This is um, These um, places are provided by... Uh, private, voluntary, independent uh, uh, groups and settings. But what we can do through Kent County Council, and in particular through the, the service we commissioned from the education people, is to provide support um, for new people entering the market. And that can be anything about uh, giving um, information about supply and demand. We carry out you know, really um, uh, thorough assessments right down to below the district level, right down to a kind of granular level about where the demand is. And we're very happy to share that information with potential new providers. Um, We can also provide uh, support on um, advice and support for business and and financial planning so that we can we can use our experience to help uh, new providers who, you know, may not be they may be very experienced in looking after children, but they're not necessarily as experienced in um, the, the financial side of it. So we can provide help and support there. Um, we can support management committees for uh, voluntary organisations that set up um, childminding and uh, early years facilities. Um, and also we very directly can support schools, primary schools in particular, to lower their age so that those primary schools that want to extend into early years um, have our, our full support in doing so. 
We've spoken to a few nurseries over the last couple of years in particular that have had to close down because of the cost of living crisis. Is that something you've noticed as a counsellor and is it something you're concerned about with an increase in demand around the corner? Yeah, I I mean, this is a dynamic market. You know, there are always new providers coming along and there are always going to be some providers who find that the challenges are just too great for them uh, and they leave the market. But actually, our assessment is that over the last 20 years, it's been pretty stable in terms of um, the group-based providers. So, you know, preschools, nurseries and so on. Those have all been pretty stable uh, for quite a long period of time. The, the bit that's particularly challenging is the number of childminders. We've got just over 800 childminders in the county at the moment. Um, and that's probably about a third of the figure that it was 20 years ago. Now, 20 years is a very long time scale, but we know that there is a national trend as well towards um, a reduction in the number of childminders. I think over the last 10 years nationally, the numbers have roughly halved. So we're aware of that. But in terms of group settings where, you know, very often um, children can get some of the best experience because they're meeting with other children, they're doing group activities and so on. In, in those settings, it's been pretty stable. And what would your advice be for parents who are maybe struggling to find a nursery or a childminder for their child? Maybe parents who are, who are going to be eligible for this, these new hours that come in or parents at the moment who are just looking for a place for their child? Well, I mean, you know, it, this is going to vary according to the area, but the reassurance that, that I can certainly give is that there are actually, across Kent, there is a, a surplus of, of over 500, nearly 600 um, childcare uh, places. Now, that is little reassurance. I fully recognise that's little reassurance to somebody in one of those hotspots where it's really difficult. But we're working with the settings, with the providers, uh, to help them set up, to help them expand, uh, to help them provide the service that, that parents uh, are going to be looking for. And we'll be monitoring very carefully the uh, additional demand that, there may, uh, that, that may arise from the new government scheme uh, coming in both this April and then the extension of that in September this year and a further extension in September next year. And, you know, look, this is not an exact science. It's, it, it may take time to get the, exactly the right match, but I'm pretty confident that the um, providers in Kent are going to rise to that challenge. There are calls for urgent action to clean up an underpass in Folkestone after syringes were found dumped there. It's thought drug users are regularly gathering in the walkway in Middleborough Square. The boss of a local litter team says it's too dangerous for them due to the illicit paraphernalia. The council's been approached for a comment. A therapy garden in Tunbridge is set to close as funding's been cut. An allotment plot was set up off Waveney Road to help improve the mental and physical health of NHS patients. The local primary care network says they've had to review spending and can no longer fund it. It's claimed ANPR cameras being installed in the car park of a village hall are causing a nightmare on the school run in West Kent. They've been put in place to charge non-hall users at St Mary's Platt, but the facility is regularly used by parents collecting children from the nearby primary. There is a 10-minute grace period before getting a ticket, but some say that's not long enough. Hall bosses say they had no choice due to inconsiderate parking. A bus driver 
drivers put up signs warning passengers about a diversion route, claiming the bus company failed to do it. The number six between Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells is currently disrupted while gas works are carried out in Paddock Wood. Scott Miller, who lives locally, says people weren't aware it was happening. Arriva have admitted they sent out notifications in East Peckham, but Paddock Wood was missed. It's been confirmed a cinema in Ashford will have a new name when it reopens after the council stepped in to run it. They'll be running the picture house at Elwick Place by Easter after the current chain surrendered its lease. 26 jobs have been saved as a result of the authority taking over and bosses say they've teamed up with an industry specialist. Kent Online News. Business owners on Sheppey fear their profits will be hit if parking charges are brought in. The council's looking at introducing a payment at three sites that are currently free. The charge would be £1.40 an hour between 7am and 7pm. More than four hours would rise to £7.10. But campaigners have started petitions urging the local authority to have a rethink. Marilyn Ward is from Minster's Little Oyster Tea Room and Simon Fowl is from Bosons in Queenborough. Up here, on a daily basis, I get locals... But I also get Sittingbourne, Raynham, Chatham people coming. They come in here every day to have a chat. Sometimes I only have a cup of tea and we they stay. They stay for a good three hours. Most of them, um, they, they've got nobody and they've made so many friends in here. Um, they've been in in the last few days saying to me, we probably won't be able to come if that's going to be £1.40 an hour because we won't be able to afford it. It is this little hub here for people to just come up, not worry about... um, Because they can sit outside there, we don't mind them sitting outside there without a cup of tea. All our customers in here, as well as the dog walkers, they've seen my sign outside. They're all in agreement. You're penalising someone just for coming to visit and, and see the sea. All the businesses have struggled with COVID, with energy price rises. We've all been hit. And we don't need more obstacles to trying to regrow our businesses. You know, you can't compete against the out of town centres where it's free parking. If we're gonna attract visitors, we need to keep prices low. The council say the charge is needed as they look to balance their budget for the next financial year. A spokesman said parking is an important source of revenue for us and our parking charges are essential to helping us tackle the budget gap we're facing. Between 2017 and 2022, Swale was the only council in Kent to lose money on its car parks, coming up £222,000 short. In contrast, Canterbury made the most, raking in £17.9 million. Kent Online News. The owner of a pub zoo in Medway reckons plans for more than 40 homes next door would make it a world-class destination. Plans have been drawn up for an estate on the Hu Peninsula near the Fen Bell. The land is owned by the pub boss who says money from any sale would be invested back into the conservation project. Plans have been put in to build a winery, visitor centre and hotel at a Kent farm. Wild Shark Vineyard want to develop Mount Farm in Harrietsham where they've been growing grapes for the past two years. If approved, the hotel would have 19 bedrooms. A decision is expected later this year. An 18th 
Century Building and Deal could soon host 30 weddings a year despite local concerns over noise. Council bosses have granted the owners an alcohol licence this month but say a noise management plan is in place for Ripple Court. There are also limits on guest lists and a fireworks ban. Follow Kent online on socials to see what a new student accommodation in Canterbury could look like. Developers want to build a 27-bed facility near Aldi in the Winchie part of the city. The land is a brownfield site that used to belong to a building firm that went into administration in 2020. The owner of a holiday park on Sheppey has hit back at rumours he's building an airport or car park next to the beach. Nick Love runs Little Grove's Leisure Park in Leesdown and says diggers have moved in to construct a new sea wall. He spent around £100,000 to have several surveys done in a bid to protect the site. Plans for a new multi-million pound community sports pavilion in Swanscombe have suffered a setback. Money from the government's youth investment fund was due to pay for the project in the Grove, but it's set to be axed. It had been hoped the project would be completed by the end of the year. Town council bosses say they've not given up hope. A major development on a former lorry park in Ashford has taken a step forward as detailed plans for the first homes are revealed. Eventually, more than 360 properties could be built at Waterbrook Park off the A2070. Documents that have been given to the council to consider show the first phase would also include a shop and wetland area. Kent Online Showbiz. Showbiz News Now and Kent's Mia McKenna-Bruce has won the Rising Star Award at this year's BAFTAs. The 26-year-old from Maidstone picked up the prize on stage in front of dozens of Hollywood celebrities. Thank you so much, BAFTA, EE. Um, from the bottom of my heart, every single person that voted uh, to kind of get to do the thing that I love most in the whole entire world and people be like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, it's amazing. Um, Phoebe, Sophie, Ayo, Jacob, I'm really obsessed with all of you. So it's an honour to kind of stand alongside you with this. Um, I have a lot of thank yous, so I'm going to quickly get through them as quickly as I can. Um, thank you, team How to Have Sex, for giving me the chance to play Tara, for making me and so many other people feel seen with, with your film. Um, Thank you to my incredible team, Molly, Lena, Joma, Tracy, Maha, Romilly, Robin. I'm so grateful to have you all in my corner. Um, my incredible friends uh, for keeping me going when I really didn't think I could a lot of times. Um, my family, Tom and our beautiful baby boy. What a bloody adventure we're having. Um, <laughs> My lucky charms, my nonna and granddad, um, my baby sisters, who aren't baby, they're really big, but um, my little sisters, um, who keep reminding me I'm not that cool. Maybe I am now. Um, and my mum and dad, who are up there somewhere. Thank you so much for believing five-year-old me that I could do this one day. I can't ever repay you, but maybe this is a start. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry if I forgot anyone. I love you all. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Gillingham have suffered their first defeat in four games as they lost 1-0 to Newport County. It was an evenly matched game until the home side scored in the second half. Gillingham head coach Stephen Clement spoke to reporters after the match. I thought the game, I never felt in trouble being in it. Uh, I thought it probably had a 0-0 written all over it. Um, they've had one chance in the box. I can't remember Jake making any other saves or being in trouble at all. But to be fair to that, it's a great finish from, from them and... Um, obviously, we've we've had a moment ourselves where Tim has a, a great effort and their keeper makes a great save. Um, so it was a very tight game. When you come into the game, it would be a very um, tight affair. They've been in they've been in good form, and um, and we were going to have to be up for the fight. And uh, they obviously do put it on your Newport. And I thought the boys uh, done really well for the majority of the game with that. But 
we just had one moment in the second half where they got the better of us. And unfortunately, we have to go home with no points, which uh, yeah, difficult to take. But we've got two more games coming up and we have to get ready for them now. Home games. It struck me that nil-nil or 1-1 one, one might, might have been a fairer result. Is that what you think as well? Yeah, I, I, I felt it was. I felt it was, it was um, two teams that were in similar shapes. And um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was going to be a tight game. As I say, they're, they're a very physical team. They put the ball uh, on you, and uh, and you have to be up. We have, have to be up for them. We dealt with we were dealt with that. We dealt with it really well. Uh, but we just uh, what in the 60th minute, whenever it was, we've uh, they've got down our uh, our right hand side probably a little bit too easy, uh, easy than I would like, and 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 obviously delivered the ball into the box where the boys delivered a, a side a sidewinder volley from nearly the edge of the box and going in our top corner and. Um, you get beaten by a goal like that, sometimes you just have to accept it. But um, as I say, we've got another game Tuesday and we'll get prepared for ready for that now. Jules player Max Ema also gave us his thoughts on the game. I don't think we deserve to lose a game. Um, it's a great strike from the boy, but I mean, we had our couple of little chances that we couldn't put in the net. So it's, it's frustrating, but luckily we've got another game on Tuesday to rectify it. Wasn't really an awful lot between the two teams. No, there wasn't. There was some of the shapes and fun yeah. cancel each other out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just one bit of magic that's ended up winning the game, which is frustrating on our behalf because we think we can stop every goal. So that one could be done better in the build-up and obviously with the actual finish, possibly. Yeah, we'll have to go over it. But we've had a couple of little half chances that on another day could go in for us. Last 10, 15 minutes was a bit of an onslaught, yeah. wasn't it? Kind of heading towards the goal. Did you think it would come? Yeah, I just we just didn't get that right ball the right connection sort of thing to level it up but frustrating but we can't dwell on it because we've got another game to choose it. Absolutely 580 fans yeah. here I think so they made the journey from, from Kent uh, just a word on their support. Yeah they were excellent from start to finish um, they really helped us in the last 10 minutes I know obviously we couldn't get the goal but they could see by the onslaught like you said it was just they had their backs to the goals all the time. And briefly in rugby, England will be without Maidstone's Alex Mitchell when they take on Scotland in the Six Nations this coming weekend. The scrum halves picked up a knee injury, which means he'll miss Saturday's match at Murrayfield. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.